0: Every revolution begins with a dream. Just three months ago, Podjerky was an idea that was willed into existence with a burning passion. Listeners and fans alike want to chant, Podjerky, pod jerky. Together with its fans, Podjerky will change the landscape of podcasting, creating unforgettable moments that will last forever. Join us this year where the revolution began, where friends are sure to be made and others to determine who truly is the best in the world. And now, Pod Jerky presents. and welcome to another edition of Pod Jerky. Today I'm going to be flying solo as this whole coronavirus pandemic has got us stuck in the houses I guess and um, I'm not going to be able to meet up with Master Impressive to do this interview. Today's episode we're going to have a local comedian on. His name is Sharif and I do apologize if uh, the audio is a little bit low for you as we did have to do it over the phone because we are not allowed to actually leave our house or we have to practice social distancing right now, and uh, it's a little difficult to get together. So we actually decided just to do an interview over the phone. So without further ado, here is that interview, and we hope you enjoy. All right, I am here with Sharif, who is a local comedian out of Toronto. How are you doing, Sharif? Not
1: bad. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So Sharif and I have actually known each other, what? Probably about 20 years now?
1: Yeah, 20. Yeah, longer than that. Dude. Yeah,
0: maybe longer than that. I mean, we didn't go to the same high school together or anything like that, but we ended up uh, meeting just after high school, I guess, or maybe even actually while high school was going on. We were always the, the guys that were kind of in that background going, hey, who's that guy? And hey, who's that guy? We always see each other and whatever, because we had uh, mutual friends in common there, so... Um, yeah, you
1: know what? Actually, I think the first time I met you, as you was in grade nine. There was somebody was kind of, I want to say a house party or some kind of get-together. Yeah. I won't say the person's name, but I remember seeing you there, and we're all, I yeah, it was an afternoon, and we're in somebody's driveway, and a bunch of people were there. I remember seeing you there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool, and then kind of got introduced, and then, you know, every so often after that, we get bumping into each other.
0: yeah. And I mean, every year we always get together with a bunch of friends. We do, you know, the whole Christmas thing. We go out for each other's birthdays. Uh, I mean, when we hit the big, you know, milestones, I guess, right? Like the the 40-year-old uh, birthday and we did the 30-year-old thing as well and, and all that stuff. So uh, we've known yeah. each other for quite a long time. We have a lot in common. We like uh, kind of like the same shows that we, we watch, like uh, The Simpsons. I still remember being at somebody's cottage and again, we're not going to mention any names here, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, everybody was outside and, and doing things, and, and you and I actually just went inside and, and ended up watching The Simpsons on TV, and we didn't care, we watch. just were we, were, we were so happy to, we, us we to watch The care. Simpsons, yeah.
1: But this is how diehard we are, because they had no cable up there, it was just the antenna.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Off the roof, so we made sure we had to move the antenna in order to make sure we get the signal just to watch the Simpsons.
0: Yeah, and and it was kind of still fuzzy, but we, you know, at that point we didn't really care about that, right? So it was actually, uh, it was actually yeah. fun to do that. But I mean, we're we're into like you know Family Guy and and The Simpsons and South Park, and we like the animated shows. We like our stand-up comedy, you know. We like the stuff that's really funny, so we always have a good laugh when we get together. Like I said, we got a lot in common, so we always get along when we're uh, we're all out together. I mean, we have a good group of friends, so I mean, all of us when we get together always have a good time. So I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So we want to get into a little bit about what uh, Sharif does. He does uh, stand up comedy. So I I guess like when did you first decide that this was something that you wanted to do?
1: I was actually forced into it. I've always thought about it. Growing up, I've always just loved comedy, and I, I you know, it's watching stand-up in high schools, and what kind of really started watching stand-up, and a friend of mine who I used to work with, uh, another local comedian, his name is Asvar, shout out to him, and he, we actually used to work together, and then he started about a year, maybe a year and a half before me, and because we sat next to each other at work, and I used to go watch his shows and would always catch jokes at work, and then he' was just like, "Yo, you could do this." And I was like, "I am not going on stage. Forget that. And I watched one of his shows one day, and there was this guy, he was horrible. i I can't bring in front. he was horrible. He just told some really horrific joke, and he got like no laughs. I mean, dead silence in the club.
0: was he oh, was he talk. like a new guy or?
1: Um, relatively new. like hmm. it was an open mic, game, okay, right? Um, but, I mean, the people are, I guess, kind of seasoned in there. So, I mean, as far as I remember, he's done it a few times, right? So, he was, he knew what he was doing. The way he moved around stage, it wasn't his first time. Maybe it was his first year, but he, I could tell he knew he was comfortable on stage. But he just wasn't funny. And then I remember sitting there with another uh, friend of ours from work, and I was just like, oh, you know what? I could do that. I know I at least I can get one joke off. Right. So, that was always the back of my head. And then months later, um, my friend was just like, yo, I signed you up for an open mic. Um, I'm going to come to you up at your house tomorrow. And I was like, what? And then he's like, hey, just talk about the stuff we talk about at work. It'll work on stage. So I'll, I'll come get you tomorrow night. I didn't think he was serious. Michael, just in case, let me write some stuff down, right? So I wrote five minutes of some jokes I had. And then this guy at work, like, I'm coming to get you tonight. I'll pick you up at 6 o'clock. And I'm like, <laughs> did not know where I live and stuff. He got everything. He came picked me up and we went down. And it was um, in Toronto at college in Bathurst, uh, some uh, sports bar there. And he picked me up and then I went up. And then it went. I can't lie, it was nerve wracking. It was, you know, straight eight mile, palm, sweaty, mom's spaghetti type thing. Oh, I, I <laughs> imagine, yeah. Yeah, I, my hands were shaking and stuff. And remember, my first joke didn't go that well. And I remember like, oh, damn, I'm up here for, like, another half an hour, it feels like, even though it's five minutes. Yeah. And then after that first joke, everything else worked, like, really well. And I was getting laughs, and I was like, is this really happening? Like, I felt like I was in a dream watching myself. Wow. Because I'm like, I'm telling jokes, and so people are laughing, like, they're laughing at my jokes, and then... I kept going, I finished, and everyone was like, yeah, I was really good, and clapping up the place. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the funny thing that happened to me after that was there were two comedians there. I'll shout them both out, Alex Pavone, who I still talk to. He actually lives in New York City now, doing setup out there. Mm-hmm. Another guy, Dave Mahaj, who actually has a Netflix special out, so it's, uh, it's on there. I think Comedians of the World on Netflix, so check that out. Dave Mahaj. They were both there. So Dave was the headliner that night. And then he actually shouted me out. He's like, hey, this, that guy should read. Oh, you're funny, man. Where are you? He pointed at me he goes, oh, that was really good. I was like, oh, damn. You know, like somebody of value that was, you know, just a crown member thing and actually noticed, right? A real comedian. So um, after that, and then Alex came up to me after the show was, he goes, hey, man, you were so good up there. How long have you been doing comedy? And like, this is my first night. So he kept giving me a strange look, like, uh, what do you mean your first night? He goes, no, you're so natural up there. How long have you been doing it? Seriously. I go, this is my first time ever. He asked me that question eight times in a row.
0: Oh, wow.
1: They couldn't believe it. Yeah. Huh. So, after a while, I not annoyed. I'm like, who the hell is this guy, you know? I was like, tried to pull uh, my friend asked I'm like, yo, can you tell him? He goes, yeah, this is his first time. He's like, no, no way. And he literally walked around the room for about five minutes, came back, goes, no, it's not your first time. You've done this before? I'm like, no, dude, dude, my first time. Like, kept going the whole, I think another 20 minutes, it kept coming up to me like, no, this can't be. So, that's I thought, okay, what I kind of prepared for kind of worked. Then I did it a second time after that. I think the next week I did it and I got another horrible intro by the guy uh, hosting that night. Yeah. He's like, well, he was on last week. Uh, this week, let's see if he's just as lucky.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> like He actually, yeah. actually came out and said, let's see if he's just as lucky.
1: Yeah. I remember looking. at was like,
0: "What the hell?" Wow.
1: And I was like, "Okay." And I think I, I changed up maybe two or three jokes. So I had the the beginning, and the end, but I changed up two or three jokes, right? So yeah. I told some new stuff, and I actually riffed, which is basically going off the top of your head, right? Yeah. So I did that up another joke. Someone else did. I told a, uh, a joke about Oprah and Ellen generous and something, and everyone started laughing at that. And then um, a couple of friends were there uh, who actually got to see me. New old dude Andrew. Uh, he ended up showing up. Him and Mike showed up. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was like, okay. And then I didn't know my brother actually walked in too.
0: Now, now, how do you like? How do you feel about that when you see people that you know? in the crowd does that like does that make you more nervous um to try to perform and and be funnier or do you get nervous to the to the point where you think okay you know what I'm gonna screw something up here because I see my friends or my family in the crowd or
1: yeah definitely it makes me a lot more nervous yeah for sure because I mean actually I know you guys so if you see me I'm like oh crap yeah You're going to mention it, and I kind of want to forget about it, or, you know? Yeah. If it goes well, then I really don't care. Well, if it doesn't go well, you know, I just, I don't want to, I know it's going to be on my face. Like, oh, God, I hate that. And then I feel like every time.
0: But you uh, know us. We're never going to rip on you guys, right? We're never going to rip on you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm
1: just like, oh, geez. I always want to do better, but I'm a bit of a perfectionist that way. I'm like, okay, because I know how I want it to look, and I try to match that in my head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, how how long have you been doing this now?
1: This has been going on. I want to say maybe it's been definitely over ten years.
0: Ten years now, eh? It's been that long. Yeah,
1: maybe maybe twelve. Yeah, I mean obviously there's has been on and off in between. Yeah. Plus from when I started, yeah.
0: Now, now you're are you making a career out of this now, or um, is this just something that you want to do on the side?
1: Uh, right now, I'm still kind of half and half on both. I'm trying to make it a bit more of a career. Uh, it's been tough, you know, giving. I mean, like, stuff does happen. Yeah. Right? So, but I'm still trying. I've actually done a lot more. Actually, I just came back from L.A. a couple months ago.
0: Yeah, um, I remember that. There,
1: right. And I was in Miami before that. So I'm definitely trying a lot harder than I was before.
0: And uh, who, who are some of, like, your biggest influences? I mean, we know probably some of uh, the more popular ones, such as Dave Chappelle. I mean, we all love Chappelle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but who are some of your other influences that you like to, to watch?
1: It's funny because, <laughs> I mean, obviously there's Eddie Murphy.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because,
1: I mean, everyone's watched Delirious a lot. Yeah. And just like there's something about that.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, one of the greatest stand-ups ever. I, I, I loved oh, yeah. uh, Delirious.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, everybody can quote Delirious. Yeah. Okay. he had the witty he had everything on one side. and the
0: delivery was jokes. great like his delivery was great
1: yeah his delivery is amazing and i i love smart jokes yeah I love jokes that make you think and he always had that he had the dumb ones he'll tell a fart joke we <laughs> had a bunch of those which we could laugh yeah and he'll tell a really smart joke uh so definitely him and then chappelle is kind of uh, not too far off of him and that same thing smart jokes and dumb jokes at the same
0: time yeah
1: uh, there's, there's,
0: I mean, I could watch Chappelle over and over and over again. Uh, his yeah. uh, just his Chappelle show, his uh, Netflix specials, uh, whatever it is. I'm I'm a fan of like uh, Tom Segura. Uh, he's oh, really yeah. funny. It's just I guess it's in the uh, delivery of all of um, the stand up comics, right? It's the the way they deliver their jokes and all that. So it, it's it, it's really interesting to see some of the comedians that have specials compared to some of the other ones. And see the different delivery that they have, and um, how how uh, how much funnier it comes across with one comedian than it does another if they're telling almost yeah. the same joke, right?
1: No, exactly, yeah. and how it makes such a difference just on delivery. And I know that was that's a hard part where I'm still learning that craft. Like I've told a joke and I can tell it very monotone, yeah, and I'll get some laughs, but as soon as I put a reflection somewhere on a certain word it makes such a, a difference. I'm like, wait, I just told the exact same joke, but because I took the word done I put high pitch or low pitch on it or whatever. Yeah. Some kind of affection, it just it tells a totally different story and it, it's a very simple skill but a very hard one to develop, I think.
0: Yeah. Now do you do you come up with your own material? Like how how do you come up with that when you're when you're writing your jokes?
1: Writing, it's just whatever comes to mind, obviously, usually is an idea. Honestly, most of the stuff is just family. Like, I talk to my brother and sisters, and then we end up saying something stupid, and I I get an idea. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me write about this. And then a joke comes out, or. But honestly, most of my stuff is just really random or based on past experience. Right, just part
0: of everyday life, right?
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I have jokes that I'm writing now that have stuff to do with. Uh, let's say like you know high school and college, right? Like incidents that happened there. I'm like, okay, now I could take that one piece of it and add it, you know, make it more current and you know, and kind of freestyle off
0: of that. Now, do you do you ever bounce like your shows off of anybody? Say like your, your any of your family members or any of your friends? Once you do come up with a show idea, do you ever bounce it off of them to see the reaction to it?
1: Uh, yeah, usually. I, uh, for that, most of the time I go with my sisters I'll just say something I mean, does this work and they're like uh, kind of you know um,
0: they give you the honest the, feedback
1: yeah they yeah. give you the honesty they're always straight with me right most of the time I just try to do it myself I kind of play it in my head would this work um, I do have a couple other comedians I go to uh, usually one or two okay. I, have, I have a joke I'm like what do you think of this so I, I usually talk to them yeah and they're like, Oh yeah, I like this, but you should tweak it this way or look at this angle, you know? And that's how everybody writes. I mean you're still writing the joke like, you know, I'm not having ghost writers or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Cool, cool. So when you're when you're doing a show, I guess like how how do you get like noticed I guess in the comedy business? Like if you if you're doing a show, are there agents there that are watching your shows, like how do you progress in this in this business?
1: Me, I, I, when I've done shows, I just kind of do them and then I find out later that, oh, there was somebody in the crowd watching or maybe there was someone from Just for Laughs. When well, I did Just for Laughs' uh, tryout last year. I actually knew it was going to be a tryout. Like, that I was kind of prepared for. I'm not the best prepared, uh, but you know, I, I knew it was coming. Right. Um, other shows I've gotten like kind of guess, scouted off of. Okay. I didn't know. I just kind of did the show and then someone comes up to me after and goes, hey, man, you were great. I want you to put it on this show or... One big festival I did, I did, um, uh, uh Festival, which is at Harborfront every February. And when I got booked for that, I had, like, the person saw me, like, three, four months before that. And then I just got an email one day. I had no idea how this person got my email. <laughs> Still to this day, he like, hey, I want to put you on this festival show. You get to do two shows on a Saturday, and there's, we're having a thousand people there. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know, somebody's always watching. Uh, but you kind of have to move around and kind of, um, you know, go out, out of the city, uh, you know, meet people, meet bookers, and somebody always knows somebody. And then before you know, you end up with the opportunity. For some people, it happens quicker, and other people, it takes a lot longer to get that opportunity.
0: Right. So now, going back to, the, like, the Just for Laughs thing, how, how did that go down? And if if you did get booked onto that show, would that be something that they were going to air on like the comedy network or was that just like a like a uh, just for laughs festival in montreal or or toronto wherever it was
1: uh so just for laughs it was uh, actually yeah try for just for laughs and also it was also for kevin hart's network the lol network okay so if you made it for that you probably would end up recording for his his network and if you do well on that one i mean there's so many comedians there you could hop onto another show. Like, ever, ever could in that she went and did it. She got on that show, ended up doing a show for Little Rel right after that. So, you know, that weekend, uh, ended up a Little Rel show and there's some other shows Just kept hopping back and forth. You start to meet people on contact and then, now because these are, you know, huge, big Hollywood people, they're famous people. So, before you know it, you could end up uh, doing a bigger show, end up on bigger tours, which is a uh, help for a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, for that opportunity, yeah, I, it didn't go well for me. I didn't get make the cut for that.
0: So but, I mean, you, you know, still you cool. still got lots of time to 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 get into that, right? So
1: yeah, yeah. it took me a while, like to get that uh, that trial. It took three years.
0: Yeah, but yeah, does that does that come year. more often now that they've seen you once and they 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 want to actually come back and see if there's a progression there or
1: yeah exactly yeah okay yeah so yeah. the next time we do it obviously uh, progression and now it's kind of I know how to handle it because I think my mistake was and I'll be honest is that I was trying to impress the scout right I wasn't trying to perform for the crowd I was the only performer for the scout I'm like hey this is what they want to see and like and I after I remember getting off stage and like wait a minute why would I perform just for that person when there's literally 400 people in this damn room yeah and that's the huge mistake I made. I didn't do my act. I was just performing for this one person like nobody else was there. Yeah. So I mean, I made that mistake. You know, I own it. So I mean, next time I just I don't care who's there anymore.
0: But yeah, that, I mean, you. It, I it's a learning experience. Now, I'm
1: like, I don't care who's there. I don't care what I say. You're there.
0: Yeah, and it's a learning experience, right? You you, you learn from uh, your experiences, and then and you move on, and then you get better, right?
1: Exactly. so it definitely made me much better in that aspect.
0: Yeah. So, are there there are any like comedians? I know you've already mentioned a couple of them, but are there any comedians that you've uh, enjoyed really enjoyed working with?
1: Yeah, there is one I got to with Eddie Griffin. I did that show years ago. Uh, that was actually a really good one. him just give me some game of what goes on. Uh, the first one' actually really kind of helped me out. There's a comedian named Talent. He's uh, a big comic in New York and in the States. Uh, one of New York's funniest, and uh, he actually helped me a lot when I did a show with him, and I was still fairly new. And then, you know, when you're, I guess, a vet comic, you kind of look at a comic, and like, ah, this person's not going to do good, right? Yeah. So I went on, and I did really well. So we was talking in a room like 700 people, and I did really, really well. So I came off, and... Him and another comedian AJ white who's done bad boys of comedy with P. Diddy and such so talent was uh one of the New York kings of comedy he's on that tour and he looked at me and goes whoa that was that was really good this is what you and he started giving me advice this is what you do when you have this joke do it this way put this facial expression on it but I was doing TV and he gave me like within five minutes he gave me like three four pages of like notes. Wow! To go through like in my head, I was like, "Damn!" Like I go, but this guy, you know, he's a New York king of comedy. That's you know his groove, and that's his tour. Yeah. And he's giving me this advice, and then A. G. White had this look on his face, like, "Wow, you're you're good, right?" And he kept saying, "Yo, man, you're good. Just keep going, like, I was like, expecting to get ripped
0: by them in some way, right? And and I guess but, you know you, you get that good feeling when you're getting it from other comedians that are telling you. Like that you're really good at what you're doing and to keep it going. So I guess that keeps the motivation, uh, keeps you going and, and still doing this, right? Not to give up on it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, even though I never met these people before, but there's still people I look up to because they're on top of their game. And that's one thing I appreciate. A person doing anything that's at the top of their game, that's something you want to learn from and you want to appreciate it. I'm like, hey, man, you're doing good. So You know, keep going. That's That's all you want. So it was definitely getting that those advice uh, from those two gentlemen. It was great. Um also worked with Alex Thomas, who was on the Jamie Foxx show. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I worked with him and he gave me some advice to uh yeah, There's some other people I, I have worked with and just and I'm I'm still a fan like of local comedians. Yeah. I, I look like, you know, there's a few that you see on, on TBC just for laughs. Like, you know, even when I see those people, they're like, hey man, you're doing good. I love this joke. That's have have like, you know, worked with right Godfrey,
0: Godfrey, I think?
1: Godfrey, yeah. Yeah. So I was there. I got. I, I just wanted to go see him perform. I had to get to perform with him because he does a one hour that's uncanny. If anybody has a chance to ever go see Godfrey, do it. And if you have the money in spare time, he does, usually does, when you come to Toronto, you go to do two shows back to back okay and the the first he'll do an hour and if you go back to see the very next show he'll do a totally different hour oh wow which is absolutely amazing this guy has two hours of material in his head ready to go yeah plus i mean he has many more hours but yeah i watched one show and i was like oh my god and the second show it's it's a totally different hour no same joke twice it's just absolutely amazing so if anybody ever has a chance to go see him please do godfrey
0: yeah definitely now, do you do a lot of travel for work? I know you said you've been to Vegas, uh, I think New York. Um, is there a lot of other travel involved in what you do, or you just stay more locally here?
1: Yeah, I've been uh, most of the time, most of the years I've been doing it, I've always definitely been more local, you know, doing out the GTA and driving out to some parts. But I definitely, uh, in the last six months to a year, I've made travel to other cities. Like, yeah, New York and Miami, uh, you know, when all this nonsense boils over, I'm going back to New York. Uh, I was just in LA a couple months ago uh, doing it out there, which actually went really well. So um, I just figured that I want to be able to see how I, it's a test for me, how I see hold up my jokes hold up on the West Coast and the South or anywhere else. Right. Because I want to be able to make it fluid that if I tell one joke, everybody understands, I'm not just telling a local Toronto joke or a Canadian joke. I'm telling a joke that everybody can understand. And just from, uh, I guess, the year are the feedback, and it does work well
0: everywhere. Well, I guess if you do that down in the South, if you're telling a joke about Toronto, or if you're telling it about Canada, not a lot of Americans, and, and no diss to the Americans, but not a lot of people know much about Toronto, right? So if you're telling a joke about Toronto down there, are they going to get it, right?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And it, and it works both ways. I mean, I've met a lot of American things that come up here and they'll tell the joke, well, food stamps, like, right. we don't have food stamps. Right. We get the concept of it, but we don't have that. So there's, those jokes usually don't fly well.
0: Right. Here. Right. Now, I, I've always wondered this, and and I, I don't know what a comedian would do, but what happens if you're up on stage and you start to get, like, no laughs? Like, what what goes through your head? What do you do in that situation?
1: What do you do? Is just start beating up people. no uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just, you got to keep going. Like, I've been there where you get no laughs, and you just got to own it, I think, because I've been, uh, the one time where I got no laughs whatsoever, I remember it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't any comedian or myself. Yeah. At night, it was the crowd. Yeah. The crowd did not want to laugh, and I think like their energy was down, and we're laughing at these jokes as comedians. Like I said, I'm still a fan, so if when I come off stage, I turn back to fan mode, right? Yeah. So I'm laughing at this guy's brand new jokes that he's writing, and the whole crowd is just staring there like they had no energy. Now, the only time they started laughing is that when we start making fun of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, they they like, didn't want to hear any jokes. They just wanted to make fun of, which is a weird crowd.
0: Yeah, and so you get crazy. you get those hecklers, right? And, and and like, how often do you get that, and what do you do with
1: them? Yeah, and you just you keep going. Like, If the joke doesn't work, you move on to the next one. Move on to the next one. So you'll, you'll find something. Or Sometimes you just have to go out of your own element. Like I don't really talk to the crowd much, but sometimes you have to it becomes natural, I'm like, hey, what are you looking at, or when you and try to uh, come up with something new to pull the crowd back in? It's kind of like uh, you gotta get that that well, a wrestling reference. You know when a uh, wrestlers get beat up in the ring as a tag team partner, and they're trying to reach back to the rope. yeah, <laughs> to tag their partner with all the energy in, you gotta keep reaching until, okay, you have to find something. So, once you make that tag, like okay, now I got the crap back in and you keep going. But the worst thing is is to stop, I think, right? Right. Uh, just don't stop on stage. You go, oh, thank you. But then, And stopping is different from quitting while you're ahead. Like, you know, if I get a decent joke off and they got a decent laugh and I got another decent laugh and then I'm not confident in the next joke I'm going to tell, you know what? I may cut it a little bit short. Like, instead of doing my whole 15 minutes, I might do 13 minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so that's okay, or trying to riff off that, but I, the worst thing to do is stop. Sometimes the best thing you can do is stop. If nothing's working, then just say, oh, thanks, appreciate it, and get off. And
0: then walk off the stage, right?
1: Yeah, and say, oh, okay, you know what, I took the L on that one, but next time, I'm okay. Was, in some comedians, they, they, they try way too hard, and it makes it a lot worse for them.
0: Yeah, but like you yeah. said, it's all about the energy of the crowd, right? So, I mean, you could have a dead crowd one night, and tell the exact same jokes another night, and the crowd eats it up, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've seen
1: both crowds. I've seen crowds or I, because I mean, I'll tell a smart joke, and the crowd doesn't want to hear it. And like, okay, so I'll, I'll tell some other jokes, and you know, I'll get off, and I'll still be okay. And then <laughs> I remember I went up one night, and actually, uh, Alex was on the show, and he went up and started telling basically just simple like fart jokes. Yeah. And he was killing. Wow. I'm like, oh, the crowd didn't want to hear smart jokes. Although the crowd was like a bunch of hipsters, which are smart, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it, it was just weird. So, But yeah, just keep going.
0: Yeah. Now, what's the biggest crowd that you performed in front of?
1: The biggest crowd would have been about 1,400 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was actually one of my first early on shows. Actually, the first big show I ever did. I literally went from doing 20 to 50 people at a, at a small restaurant. Um, pub, and then uh, J. Martin, the local comedian, shout out to him. He put me on and said, hey, I'm going to have you do one of my shows. I'm like, okay. And then I got to the place and I was like, oh, wait, this is sold out. 1,400 people in the place. Wow, and and that was yeah. down
0: in, in Toronto?
1: Yeah, it was in Toronto, okay. downtown Toronto, Queen Elizabeth theater uh C&E Grounds, and uh, it was one of my best shows I've ever done. I looked up. I'm like, you know what? And that's where I really got the the love for it. Really yeah. Started falling because I'm like, yo, I get why Seinfeld does it and Carlin and everybody. Because to have fourteen hundred people and the energy there was just like fantastic.
0: Yeah, like how good does that make you feel to see a room full of 1400 people and they're all just laughing at your jokes?
1: Yeah. Even though I think about it right now, like it's still unbelievable, like yo, I told this joke and they were dying of laughter and, the, and their energy is just uncanny, like unmatched. I mean the closest thing to do that is obviously being a like, you know, an athlete, pro athlete in front of a crowd. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's the same type of feeling. So uh it was just it was very comfortable. Like I'd rather it's funny, I'm weird that way, some people say, but I'd rather do a crowd of fourteen hundred people. Does not make me nervous, but a crowd of twenty people
0: well, I guess maybe because you, you can hear all the, like, I guess, comments, I guess, from 20 people. Um, yeah. It, it's more I mean, intimate, it's, right? It's a more intimate setting.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, I like doing both. but I just feel, because for me, it's an energy thing. I just feel a lot more energy either way, even if I get silence. Yeah. If I get forty people give me silence, I'll still feel that energy. thing. Like, okay, you know what? I'll be pumped. Let me try this one. Well, for twenty people, I I don't know. I think a lot more. I'm just different that way. Yeah. But it's, it's a great feeling either way.
0: Now, a- end goal wise, like, are you looking with your progression in this? Are you looking to maybe get some kind of a special to get onto just for laughs? Are you looking at uh, just performing? You know, a day to day thing. Like, what it, what it, what is your end goal here with
1: it? End goal is all those things. You know, if I can make just for laughs, it's definitely a goal. Um, to be able to perform on a regular basis uh you know because we become that headliner i want to be like well, you know i could work thursday through sunday at some spot and basically be able to tour because there's a difference between taking a vacation and also be able to tour right, right. and actually go see other cities and see other people and meet and it's a different life experience than going on vacation like you can go on vacation in mexico and you could do the tourist thing or i can go on vacation. Where I'm going to see a different level of it because I'm around more of the common people than you would be on vacation, right? Right. Uh, so it's a different uh, eyesight to see all these cities and stuff and learn things I didn't know existed. Like even when I went to Miami and I learned certain things down there, and I did LA and I learned certain things down there, stuff that the regular person wouldn't see just coming visiting the city, right?
0: Now, um, now how different is the comedy scene down in Miami or or LA? or anything like that, or even New York for that matter than it is here right now.
1: Yeah, in Miami I found it to be really laid back.
0: Yeah,
1: Like it was really, 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 I mean you're in Miami at the beach, I get it, it's really laid back there. Um, So it was a bit slower, Uh, the rooms were a lot further apart. In LA there's literally a list of rooms, like there's hundreds of rooms, uh, people hustling, bustling, and then plus you have the biggest comedy clubs out in LA too, right? Yeah. So you can always see where you're going to end up. Uh, so if you're starting an open mic, let's just say, you, you know the comedy story isn't too far from you. where that's your end goal, right? Right. So there you make another goal. In Miami, like, there's not huge clubs out there like that, so it's a bit harder to see. Same in Vegas, you kind of know where you're going to end up, uh, certain spots. Um, but I mean, obviously LA is the place to be.
0: Now, Now, how difficult would you say being a Canadian, being from Toronto, how much more difficult do you think it is to make it from here? Like, I know even with um, Canadian hip-hop, like, we're going to have a whole episode on Canadian hip-hop. We've got, like, permission from The Rascals, and we've got permission from Choclair and Socrates and all those. And and those guys were really pioneers of uh, Canadian hip-hop. And their music was fantastic, and they didn't really – get that much attention because I guess they didn't get into the U.S. or whatever it was. So as a comedian, how do you figure how much harder it is coming out of Toronto to do this than it would be if you started it off in the in the U.S.?
1: Yeah, it's a definitely a, a lot harder um, during the year because you have to go to the U.S. And, and that's exactly the perfect example that you put out there. Great example is that, you, like, you know, with Choclair, Carnell, you know, Rascals, everybody, they have to go, they have to get their American counterparts to say, yeah, you're good, and then come back here. we like, oh yeah, we love you, I want to buy your album type thing. Like, the support your own is really hard to do in Canada, I think. uh So you do have to go to the States, build, build up, and then blow up. I mean, look at Russell Peters, like, we knew he was good. Yeah. And then he went to the States, he blew up over the internet, did all that, and then all of a sudden, he's selling out stadiums here, right? Yeah.
0: Well, I, I still remember happen. him actually when uh, I was in college. He actually came to our college, and they just they put him in our cafeteria. And our cafeteria was basically like a high school cafeteria. It was It was really kind of run down and whatever. And it was just standing room. There were no seats and nothing. And and I don't even think he really wanted to be there at that point. And his show just really bombed. Like I actually walked out on the show because it wasn't even actually funny and um it it was just weird to see because you were so excited oh my god russell peters is here and and uh, this is going to be a great show but i mean i i don't think he connected with our audience or our audience was not smart enough to get his jokes and uh it it was just it was almost like a train
1: wreck yeah you know and i get that i just i think there's a that where I thought, a friend of of Russell Peters told me he's not a morning person. Yeah. So if that performance was in the morning, <laughs> it was not happening like properly. Yeah. So yeah, which I've heard lots of stories around here uh, regarding that. But I actually, what I actually think, is actually easier for Canadians to go to England, go to the UK. Okay. And you can become big there. Because I know a couple of Canadians that left here, went there, and there's um. There's one great comedian, her name's Dana uh, Alexander. I've never met her. I've seen her only after I've seen her show a couple times. Yeah. But she left here within three years. She was up for Canadian of the Year in, in the UK. Oh, wow. Within, yeah, within three years. There's another guy um, who went there. He has a show on MTV uh, UK out there, and he was uh, just kind of, I don't want to say struggling, but you know, it was a struggle for him here. He went to England and all of a sudden England loves him. So I think it's easier for us that way, just giving their examples. Uh, but it yeah, you have to just keep grinding a little bit harder. I mean Dave Barris did it. Yeah. So he came from Windsor originally moved to Toronto. Toronto went to New York and LA and then, you know, he got Netflix now.
0: That's awesome. I mean I, I know you're not gonna be doing any shows I'm coming up anytime soon i mean this whole coronavirus pandemic nonsense that's going on right now I, I really shouldn't call it nonsense but i mean everyone's pretty much not in lockdown total lockdown as of yet um but uh, all the bars all the restaurants all the the clubs are closed everything's closed so i guess you have yes. nothing coming up now but do you have anything booked in the distant like future that you know of uh that you're gonna uh... going to be going to
1: Everything that I had booked is, has been postponed. I got all the emails. I got the last one last night saying, "Hey, we're, we're postponing the show." So, I, everything's really up in the air now. But I'm still prepared to start back. You know, when everything the coast is kind of clear, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but nothing as of right now. Yeah, everything is like really up in the air.
0: Like, are you planning on going back to the U.S. and doing shows?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. That I have lined up. Like, I definitely want to go back to L.A. And I definitely will be going to New York at some point as well. So those those two uh, cities will definitely be seeing me.
0: Now, what, where do you, when you go to those uh, cities, like where are you performing? Are you performing at just uh, like actual comedy clubs? Or are you performing at like like pubs, like you were when you first started off here? Like how how does it work over there?
1: Yeah, same same sort of deal. Pubs, and restaurants, and smaller co- comedy clubs. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's different, uh, small comedy clubs around the city, especially in L.A. There's a few of them out there. Uh, and then also New York, when I get out there, I'll be doing the same thing.
0: Nice. Nice. Now, if, do you have any advice for any upcoming comedians that want to get into this?
1: Yeah, there's a few things. Number one, just do the jokes that you want to do and still make it tasteful for you. Uh, a lot of people I find to try to do jokes. just make people laugh it has to make you laugh as well and if you laugh at it and obviously if you you say in Justin and your friends laugh at it it's probably a decent joke
0: well I guess if you're you're writing it down and uh you start to giggle a little bit it's pretty good
1: oh yeah Yeah. and I found that for me like jokes (laughs) one of my first biggest jokes I the first really huge joke uh I wrote I wrote it late at night. It was like 2 in the morning. It just popped in my head. I wrote it, and I could not stop laughing for about 45 minutes. Yeah. And I never tried it. I never told anyone about this joke. I just said, you know what? This is going straight to stage. Yeah. Like, I don't need to practice it. It's good. And I did it, and that's the reaction I got. Nice. So there's certain things that, you know, sometimes you just know. Um, But, yeah, keep writing. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, ask for help in community. Like, how how do you deliver this? How do you do that? Um, I watch a lot of comedy just because I love it. Like I said, I'm always a fan first. Um, But I'm not afraid to ask, like, hey, how did you do this? Or when you tell a joke, ask someone to help you to tweak it. Because, you know, pros always know. It's no different than, you know, Kobe used to ask uh, Michael Jordan for, hey, how'd you do this? How'd you post up? You know, great to ask, great. You gotta ask who knows more than you. Right. So don't be afraid to do that and just keep going.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now, before we go, do you have any, I guess, social media platforms that you wanna plug that you're on that people can follow you? um, Maybe ask for some advice from you uh, if they are an aspiring comic?
1: Yeah, if you're an aspiring comic or just wanna talk comedy, you could always hit me up. Um, I guess Instagram would be the best way. You uh, hit me up at uh, Sharif Laughs, that's S-H-A-R-I-F-L-A-U-G-H-S, so Sharif Laughs on Instagram. Uh, I'm always there, so just hit me up. That's probably the best place to hit me up.
0: That's funny, because uh, I, I, I'm I'm actually joined on Instagram. I don't even have you on Instagram yet.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought we were friends.
0: I know, I know. We have phones. We, uh, we talk. So, we well, don't yeah, need just, to be on Instagram.
1: Just, you know, just <laughs> want to chat, say something, you know, follow me. Uh, I mean, if you just wanna talk comedy, I'm cool with that. You know, we don't have to be an aspiring comedian, it's just, you know, stuff you wanna know about comedy. Yeah, we can direct each other or if you have a clip that, hey, this is funny, you want me to see, that's cool. But you know, I don't mind that. It's all it's all being social, being positively social. And that's what social media should be used for.
0: Right. Awesome. Awesome. So we're gonna end that to for today's episode and we wanna say thank you very much. Uh, to Sharif for coming on the show I know right now uh, it would have been better if we've got like you know had a chance to get together and actually do this recording but because of this whole coronavirus or COVID-19 whatever they're calling it um, we decided to do this over the phone Uh, I'm not sure how good it's going to sound online but uh, hopefully we got some good quality uh, sound out of this because we're kind of just stuck in the house right and uh, both of us being home right now we decided you know why not this is a good time to do it Alright, so we're just going to say thank you to Sharif, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. And hopefully we'll get you back on the show for another episode one day. Here we go now! Hot
1: jerky.